on this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals. David Todd continued to break down the ever-so-deep wide receiver position. Where's the value, you say? Stay tuned and find out. of two rivals a fantasy football podcast put on by your three peak go with your gut champion and captain spreadsheets numbers loving nerd himself to find some sort of consensus and some sort of take to share with you the fantasy football listener who have i missed so very very much Todd, I'm back. It's uh, Dave. Dave Wright, I think that's who I am. And it's been a while since we've talked, man. It's But we're going to have back-to-back episodes and back-to-back weeks of Tale of Two Rivals. I'm excited. I am thrilled to be back on the mic. I've um, been enjoying a lot of good, lots of family time, like a lot of family time. I know Dave's been working hard on his, uh, you know, his Al Borland skills, uh, make, doing the basement all by himself, all power to you. I would make it so much worse if i tried to do that myself much respect to you buddy on your own improvements they're all learning opportunities i've made lots of mistakes i just try to view them as learning opportunities and uh yeah man it's it's been a lot of fun i'm excited to unveil everything once it's all done because i think it's going to really add because i'm going to be the part of it's going to be a podcast set up and i'm pretty excited i'm probably going to have some definitely dj moore jersey in there probably t higgins jersey maybe even sneaking a jets jersey and elijah moore i don't know Oh, I like it. I like it. So uh, I got to say, man, I don't see them as learning opportunities. I see them as opportunities for me to end up paying somebody else to fix my mistakes I lost money on. So <laughs> that's why I don't personally do it. All right. Question of the day, my friend. What song has meant the most to you in your life? Like it had some sort of impact on your life. David, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go first? No, I'll let you go first, sir. You got me? All right, man. So this one was hard. I think the song that has had the most impact on my life is uh, Falling Slowly from the musical One. I went. That was the first musical I ever saw. I was dating my wife at the time, and I brought her on some discounted tickets. Yeah, they were still pretty nice. And the music just blew my freaking mind, right? And there's, well, Falling Slowly is um, a duet, and... Joanne and I would sing it in the car while she was pregnant with Jackson. So when Jackson was born, it was actually the song that would put him to sleep, too. Because, like, he heard it in the womb, that like that. And it's also, Dave was at my wedding. There was a piano playing when Joanne walked out. It was a piano version of Falling Slowly. So that song is a lot of meaning to me in my life. It's, I, I freaking love that song. Has a lot of connections with my wedding. Has a lot of connections with my children. I would play that in like the middle of the night when Jackson was awake, and I plan on doing the same things with Brady. I'd just been, uh, we've been a little bit more on the rainbow, uh, you know, the rainbow connection from the Muppets with uh, Brady. Not as much falling slowly, but that was my pick, falling slowly. Yeah, we haven't gotten into a ton of music with Little Dave yet, man. But I, I mean, Salt, I, I really like 
I love talking about music with people because it, it's such a personal connection and it evokes all kinds of emotions. And I, I think it reaches a, a part of uh, the human experience that we don't get to talk a lot about on this podcast. What about you, buddy? You know, we could talk about this all night, but uh, my, my song, and it's a pretty emotional one for me, it's Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Uh, I've talked about it a couple times this podcast, but when Quinn and I went through our miscarriage back at the beginning of, uh, I think it was 2021, March 2021, really tough time for us, but Tom Petty Wildflowers and the imagery really connected a lot to us personally, and so it, it was really impactful for us, and, and that song is really special to me and my wife in so many different ways. It It really... In captures innocence, innocence lost, promise of the future, wa- wanting what's best for your loved ones, and and the future. So it w- it really moves me and my wife in particular. And yeah, man, it, 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 I'm really happy to talk about it tonight. Because, uh, you know, question today is always a little chance to peel back the curtain behind the mic. And anytime you're talking about things that move you in life, is a, is a good day, Todd. So excited to get this question day out there, and I'm excited to talk about tonight's topic as well. Well, the funny thing was I sent it to you, and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm like, you're the one who came up with it three weeks ago. So <laughs> I was like, Mike, Mike, way to pat yourself on the back. Modest much? But um, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So last episode, we did our first two takes on the wide receiver landscape. So if you're a longtime listener of TOTR, uh, then you know how much Dave and I enjoy building through the wide receiver position. There's consistency there. There's probably more opportunity for growth as far as I'm concerned among the positions. However, it's important to reflect on how each position field is looking each year. Even if it's a dynasty leagues, you know, you're winning through trades and maxing out your value. Dave and I are going to take turns looking at the wide receiver landscape as a whole and ask each other some burning questions. If you missed our first two takes, go listen to the last episode we just put out. We went on about rookie wides and Dave had his first set of uh, vets that he wanted to talk about. So I believe your second take, Dave, is still focusing on veterans, correct? Yeah, so we're just basically looking at, because there's been a lot of veteran wide receiver movement this offseason. We have A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Juju Smith-Schuster. And today, Todd, your boy, I I love some Julio as well, just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we have a lot to talk about. Maybe we can give some Live reaction, Tampa Bay, Julio to Tampa Bay takes here too, but... Listen, this is too soon. I'm upset. My Julio Jones Patriots jersey is still a dream. <laughs> it made so much sense, but obviously he wants to go try to go for a Super Bowl. But yeah, hey, Listener League, he's available for two first-round picks. Here comes the revival! It is so, as a Pats fan, Todd, it's kind of brutal having to see Brady throw to Julio in a different uniform. <laughs> it's so rough. Oh, God, dude. Julio's legit one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. Oh, rough. Well, how are you, Todd, how are you approaching all these? Because the, I know in the past people have been scared away by veteran movement. How are you really approaching these veteran wide receivers? I think everyone's kind of a little bit different here. Situation to situation. It really depends on, like, who the player is. I'm not gonna really look at every situation as by age like at all like age with wide receivers is not a huge factor but i do think that out of the guys you want to talk about i think two benefited greatly one clearly got a qb downgrade and another guy i don't think a situation got that much worse 
Who would you like to talk about first, David? AJ Brown. Let's go AJ Brown. Okay. I moved him up to wide receiver seven in so in my tier two. Finally over DK. DK will go right back over him once they get a QB. So like next year when they get Bryce Young, but and he's just behind Cup. And my tier one is Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Adams, Hill. So wide receiver seven towards the top of tier two. Clearly, this is a great move out of Tennessee. Everybody knows that. Like, you left a run-first offense, right? I'm not a huge Hurts fan, but he's an upgrade. Because Tannenhill, not that great. He's solid. And I think that what Hurts offers, I think Hurts is a better quarterback than Tannenhill. Let's put it that way. But the scheme itself is where the upgrade really is. Given a healthy season and Hurts proving me wrong, because I'm not buying in the Hurts in Dynasty. I'm not. Then. I was way too low here, but those are big questions for me. Brown needs to stay healthy, and Hurts needs to prove that he can sustain that job. And the thing that I think does hurt a little bit, and Tannehill wasn't great at this either, is you got to have like a strong arm QB to let A.J. Brown go do A.J. Brown things. And I don't think Hurts is that strong of a QB in that regard. I think A.J. Brown's also a completely complete wide receiver. But I do think there's some limitations with Hurt. But again, still in my tier two, the scheme alone, he's going to see plenty more looks. I don't think he's going to be the target monster everybody thinks he is, because I think Devontae Smith is very slept on, and Dallas Goddard's still going to see targets too. And they have, they actually have really good depth in their wide receiver room too. I, I'm a fan, but I'm not looking to sell the whole house for him. Like, like I know some people that put him as their wide receiver two in Dynasty. How do you put that guy over Jefferson or Chase? Like, I'll understand Lamb, I'll understand Adams, I'll understand Hill, but, like, two? Like, that's crazy. Crazy. Did you just call Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager really good wide receiver depth? I think Zach Pascal is a solid wide receiver for depth. I think Zach, like, I'm talking in an actual, like, like for depth. I think if you put Zach Pascal in the Patriots, our wide receiver, too. Zach Pascal is solid. I think Quez Watkins is a really good player, like a really good athlete out of the slot. Your fifth wide receiver is Jalen Rager. He's your fifth wide receiver. That's pretty damn good. It's sad. I don't think he, he might not make it out of camp. I know. <laughs> but anyways, long story short is, is like, I like the wide receiver room. But I think the bigger part of that was more, you know, Goddard's going to get his action. It's more about Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith is still going to eat, too. I wouldn't think that there's a huge discrepancy between the number of targets between those two. I wouldn't say somewhere between like maybe 20, uh, like a difference of 20 maybe. Yeah, no, I, I really like Devonta Smith as well. I think he's a, he's been overshadowed by the Jalen Hill or the Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase rookie seasons. But compared to typical rookie seasons, Devonta Smith had an excellent, excellent rookie season. So I think he's, and AJ Brown's been very complimentary of as well. I, I really like the idea of a nice one-two tandem there. With and I think they complement each other pretty well. Uh, so, kind of zooming out a little bit, I'll just get out of the way. I have AJ Brown at the top of my second tier of wide receivers. Like you said, Chase Jefferson in that first tier. I think we talked about it last week too. But then it goes AJ Brown as my wide receiver three. And I'll be honest, I don't really love my AJ Brown a, as my wide receiver three in Dynasty. And it, it just comes down to the way that I approach it and how I value age and talent. There's just this gap between the, the, like the, that Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams, even Stefan Diggs, 
and Cooper Cups and that eight that age gap and the price you have to pay at the top of the wide receiver position. I'd rather bet on the talent in AJ Brown because what you said is because he does win on all three levels of the field. He can take short passes and he can and he can break tackles and go long. He's good at those intermediate routes. And he's a pretty decent deep ball player as well. So I think he has the talent. He, he's a good deep ball player. He's a very good deep ball player. The reason we don't know that is, is his quarterback was Tannehill. <laughs> that's my point. Is that like, the, he hasn't, I think that's one of the better parts of his game. We haven't been able to see it. And I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to unlock that. Yeah, and that's an interesting point about Tannehill. I think one of the things when you when we thought about if A.J. Brown ever moved on from Tennessee, it'll be moving on to like a, a high power, like pairing him up with uh, Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, some one of those types of players. And but moving to Philadelphia was a little bit of a letdown because it is a little bit more. It, they really went run heavy in the second half of the season there when they started to win games because Jalen Hurts and the maybe it's tough to say was it Jalen Hurts or was it the wide receivers early on and why they couldn't because they were really throwing the ball above expectation in the first part of that season in 2021. So you say well, chicken or the egg was it was it Jalen Hurts couldn't do it or the wide receiver he couldn't do it with the wide receivers he had wide receivers he had and you see and you see the the Eagles have in, have invested a ton at wide receiver over the last four years. They've invested, or maybe five years, going back to Arthega Whiteside. You've got Rager. You've got Devonta Smith, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple of other a couple of the wide receivers they invested to for high draft capital here. But so they they're clearly prioritizing the position, and they go out and they trade for AJ Brown and give him the big deal. But they definitely are prioritizing the position, and you saw that they wanted to throw the ball early on. I'm not, some people are saying, oh, what happens if they go back to, and they throw the, they're really pass heavy. Uh, I'm, I, I think I'll cut the difference and just say what happens if they throw it at a normal pass rate. There's definitely enough room for an efficient player like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and even a Dallas Goddard to all have sufficient volume in that offense. But then you've also got to factor in the, that they're going to be running a lot with Jalen Hurts and this is a run first offense at times. So you got to balance it all. I just think, that this there's enough room for a player like AJ Brown to eat. Now he's not going to get the Cooper Cup type volume and, and the, along those things, but I think when you just look at from a pure talent perspective, Todd, and AJ Brown has the season that we I think you and I both think he has in uh, the, the talent he has in him. Would you be shocked if he was the wide receiver one in the year? Would you be shocked? Yeah, I would be. I, I'd be shocked as him as the one. Him finishing top five, top three, sure. I, I just yeah. I I just really. All right, think so let's that, let's. Would you be shocked that it was a top three season? I'll put it this way: for that to happen, Devontae Adams and or Justin Jefferson have to get hurt. I think those two are locks at top three, and my favorites were number one this year. All right, hundred percent. And then you got Chase thrown in the mix. I mean, Cup, even if he does ninety percent of what he did last year, I mean, it would shock me, I guess, but I'd be surprised. How about that? I wouldn't be shocked to be surprised because I it's more about how I feel about Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. I, I just he's not efficient. He's he's not going to be able to throw in all three levels. He's I really think what's going to happen is, is he's going to rely too much on running the football, though. That's the thing with me. That's why I'd find it surprising It's not the fact that I don't find A.J. Brown to be that talented. It's the fact that I have a difficult time seeing him do that with a QB that I just am not that high on as a passer. That that's where that comes into me. You know, like that's where I'd be surprised. Cause Devontae Smith's also gonna eat into it, man. I, I, I think 
people are going to be just realize they're way too low in Devontae Smith at the end. Just be, I think there's a difference between being too low in Devonta Smith and thinking Devonta Smith's going to eat into AJ Brown. I, I think those are two separate things. I think there's plenty of room in that offense for sure. them both to coexist. Sure. And I, like I said, I, I think that, I think it's going to be a pretty balanced attack. I don't think it's going to be like this, like air out offense that everyone thinks it's going to be. But I also think that Jalen Brown's going to just tuck it and run a lot more in the first Jalen Hurts. opportunity. Oh, my bad. That, what did I say? Jalen Brown? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Who even is Jalen Brown? Jalen Hurts is going to just tuck in and run at times, and that's going to take away opportunities for him to like give the ball to his playmakers. You know, I, I to me, like I'm not even sure Jalen Hurts is a starting QB in like past like two to three. You know what I mean? That's why, like, when people are like, "Oh, I think he's going to be like the guy this year," I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, he might be able to run and do the points, but like, if he can't be an efficient passer, he's going to find himself out of a job." Like, look at Cam Newton, man. The guy used to be a freaking MVP. And he, like, made his living by, like, running the football. He doesn't have a job anymore. I think there's some perception with Jalen Hurts, Todd, that he's not. I think the, the perception that, now, I don't think he's, he's not Tom Brady with his accuracy. I don't think no. he can, he can't even, like, I don't think he can fit it into windows where he, I think Jalen Hurts, like, if you look at Jalen Hurts, I believe, at points. I don't have it on me right now, but he was top 12 in on-target accuracy last year, according to PFF. So I don't think he was. I think the perception is a lot different than the reality as far as some of the advanced metrics might say. Now, that being said, I do not think he is. He, I don't want to repeat my. He's just not. He's going to do more with as a, as a playmaker than as a pure passer. Let's just I think we can all agree on that. Could I be wrong about Jalen Hurts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will happily eat that crow. It's to me, it's not, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is necessarily bad. I just don't trust him. You know, I got to see him be a full-year efficient starter where he can complete 65% of your passes. Show me what you can freaking do, you know? Show me you're a starting quarterback for years to come. Then I'll be, have some confidence of the guys around you. But the thing about, like I said about, like, obviously I was already high on Devontae Smith. It's more about a value. And Devontae, we've already seen, like, he takes short passes and makes things happen. So, yeah, that's my whole thing with A.J. Brown. And how you have A.J. Brown over C.D. Lamb, Fury, how is that even possible? You mean How the 18% target share of C.D. Lamb last year? Okay, Amari Cooper's gone. Uh, we're worried about Amari Cooper nowadays? Mark, the ghost of Amari Cooper? About? Amari Cooper is a phenomenal player. Oh, my God. I, I know you had, I know, you know, busy being a father and everything, but if you had watched Amari Cooper last year, he struggled. Oh, my God. Dude. Okay. Point being is that, like, Amari <laughs> Cooper is gone, and then you're looking at Gallup coming in. They've, I mean, Jalen Tolbert's going to take a minute to adjust. Good, good Lord. Quarterback alone. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Who's the next guy you want to talk about? Let, let's get right into Devontae here. I'll do my quick Devontae spiel because I'm Devontae Adams spiel because I'm sure you have a lot to to go on because he's your boy. Well, I'm looking at Devontae Adams, Todd. He's going to be played the majority of the season at age 29. He's get, he's getting the downgraded QB. I think a significant downgrade. I think from Aaron Rodgers, who played an MVP level caliber. I don't think he should have been the MVP, but he played an MVP caliber level last year. And he's played with him his entire career, actually. And then he, so I think that's, and then he's going to have the most target competition he's ever had between Waller and gosh, who else? Uh, Hunter Renfro. I think he's definitely, and then the, some of the running backs out of there, I think he's going to have the most co target competition he's ever had in his, his entire, well, at least during this big run of his, I know early on year one, year two, he had Jordy Nelson around and, and others, but definitely the most competition he's had in his career with the better quarterback. And then also I think, 
I'm I'm just not buying into the whole you know Josh McDaniels experiment again. I we saw how that went in Denver. I don't think. Well, let's just say this, Todd. The Josh McDaniels offense, as people want to call it, has a lot more to Tom Brady and Tom Brady's success than it has to do with Josh McDaniels. I think Josh McDaniels is a, is a very good coach, but I think what people are sometimes get confused at what the players Josh McDaniels had versus what he actually does scheming and everything like that. And so I, I think that there's a little bit too much of assumption there as far as the, the the coaching narrative. And just he's the wide receiver six on DLF's most recent ADP. And I have him at wide receiver 11, Todd. I don't think he's still a top 12 wide receiver for me. Probably not getting him where I have him priced in startups and, every, and along those lines. He, he's just a little bit too much for my blood. I think I think he has a very good shot to finish out of the top five wide receivers this season. Spoken like a jaded Patriots fan. Well, not jaded. Spoiled Patriots fans. McDaniels. Is, come on. Man. How is that? J- you mean not blowing smoke up of, of a coach is, is a jaded Patriots fan? No, I think that's just a realistic he, Patriots he's, fan. He's schemed very well for the past. Very well. Very well. The past, Dave. The past. That's all I need. All right. So for Adams, for me, this is the guy where I think that the downgrade's a little overblown. Yes, Carr is not Aaron Rodgers, but Carr is a very good quarterback who loves to throw the ball deep and accurately deep. And that's where Devontae Adams is dangerous. So let's also not forget, like, there's an existing relationship there. They played together in college. So, like, They've already kind of already have a connection there. So they didn't trade away their entire future not to feed Devontae Adams. And I'm sorry, I'm not listening to 29 age, like whatever. This isn't a running back. It's a wide receiver. He's built like a freaking tank. Like Devontae Adams deep with Derek Carr, with Derek Carr, who's just been one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. It's just going to be a freaking match made in heaven. Yes, absolutely a downgrade from Aaron Rodgers. Anybody who says otherwise is insane. I've definitely seen on Twitter being like, oh, uh, Adam's got a QB upgrade. I'm like, stop being so freaking hot take. Like, oh, just click. That's the thing is that like, I still believe that talent equals target. Devontae Adams is by far the best wide receiver in football. And he has a QB who he has a relationship with, who matches his play style well. And that team just put a crap load in to bring him in. He's still tier one for me. He's still a favorite to finish in the top three for me. I'm glad he's still in your top 12. But, like, I'm sorry, Dave. This is a clear chance of being, like, an ages. Like, that that's just bad, man. Like, he just freaking dominated the last, like, three. Yeah, just not like, like DeAndre Hopkins did. Just like other, you know, just like Julio did. Just like every other old wide receiver before him, Todd. Yeah, and then we're talking about injuries. So, essentially, you're waiting for him to get hurt. You're essentially going to tell me Devontae Adams is going to get hurt, right, Dave? No, I'm telling you that he's had a downgraded QB. So he's going to get hurt. No, he's a downgraded QB. He has Both more target competition. Because of injury. There's a multiple things. It's not just that there is, when you're an older player, and I and I say this almost every time we talk about receivers, the reason why I discount them is because when they're valued highly and they suffer a significant injury, that value craters. And sure. I don't want to have that invested in a top older wide receiver. That's fair. And I, I, I personally, so you would not be trying to buy in on Devontae Adams this year, and it like just because of the QB. I'd rather buy in on him next year when he's cheaper. All right, sure, but yeah, I'm still all about Adams this year. I'm still all about Adams for a few years, and if Adams continues to do what he did for the last three years this year, good luck trying to get him, man. <laughs> I just don't see how that just brings his price down. So, all right, fair enough. Who's the next guy you want to talk about? 
Next guy is Tyreek Hill. What do you got on Tyreek Hill? So this is the one where I definitely see a little bit more of a QB downgrade. Um, I love what he's been saying about Tua being like the most accurate passer of the NFL. Like you get, you know, you got you to gotta hype up your guy. The thing about Hill is he's elite and he's consistently. He's always a guy. He's probably the most consistent top 12 uh, wide receiver week to week you're going to find. All right. And I think Tua could easily put the ball in Hill's hands and let him go to work. The downfield game is going to take a bit in the hit, but I'm okay with that. The competition with Waddle kind of hurts me, but, you know, he did that with, with Kelsey. I just think the difference is, is that Waddle's a very similar player to Hill, so I'm really curious to how they scheme that. But clearly, they have a phenomenal coach there who is just, he's a guru when it comes to the passing. So I believe the talent despite the QB down, and he's still a tier one wide receiver. I mean, I'm pretty sure I had him as my wide receiver two last year, and I have him as my wide receiver five now because I really think that that's the thing that makes Tyree Kill so special is he doesn't need to be downfield to be effective. You literally give him the ball within three to five yards, and he'll do something with it. It's literally giving like the ball to like a gold medalist sprinter. You know what I mean? So as long as you can be efficient with the ball and I still believe in Tua. The only difference is you're talking about going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. And Tua definitely needs to... Tua needs to show that his his head's in the game. I, I really think a lot of the stuff with Tua is mental. After the injury and all the pressure put on him and the fact that he hasn't been up to what people expected of him when he, with that pick, this is a make or break year for him. And I'm actually going to put my money on Tua because I believe in the talent. So. I hate what the Dolphins have done with the Patriots. So I'm still very high on Hill. I'm just not gonna I'm not out. I'm just not out. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree a lot what you said about Tua. So before I get into the Tua part, I just want to say I think similar to Devontae Adams, and like you said, he's getting a downgrade at QB. So outside of the downgrade at QB, I think there is an increased hard competition between Mike Isicki, Jalen Waddle. There's just an, a little extra there to go around. So not only are you getting a, a slight downgrade, or not a slight, you're getting, a, uh, I think, a, a whole other plane of existence for Patrick Mahomes down to Tua. And I think the criticism with Tua, Todd, there's multiple ways we can look at this. It hasn't been great. I think the injury in year one, definitely, despite how he looked in those shorts, Todd, I think you, he definitely, there was something going on with the injury and his confidence level. And I think one of the major things that's really stuck out to me, some analytical, uh, I forget who, I wish I could, said who did it, but they did a tweet and they did a, maybe a study of Tua and how he's just not getting off his first and second reads. He's not progressing through his reads very well. And they also said it could be because of the offensive line, because that offensive line was atrocious in Miami last. It was abysmal. And it's tough to make your reads when you're under siege like he was last year. So hopefully with the investment in offensive line, investment in weapons, there are no more excuses for Tua. There just are none. And that's what it's kind of a, a turning point too, because I, I agree with you that I, I'm in. I've got I've acquired a two Tua's this season, but he I'm still not over invested in him. But I have a couple of teams that are kind of make or break as Tua is my my QB two. So I'm there with you on Tua. And when it gets down to Tyreek Hill, though, Todd, is that he's twenty. So he's twenty eight. But also the things that have kind of been jumping out to me is that those soft tissue injuries have been more prevalent lately, and that big playability has kind of started to go, has been decreasing. So I know what you said early on about like, yeah, he gets the ball from the three, or like from three three yards and he can take it to the house. And yeah, he does have that ability. 
But one of the most appealing things about Tyreek Hill was that he could just go out for two bombs a game and two long touchdowns a game and rack up 30 points just like that. And I'm, I worry about if he's going to be able to do that with Tua. KC was shown a little bit. They were, they were kind of, yeah, they were kind of revealed a little bit about it, how you can play a little bit over the top and you could kind of make them have to work it down the field and they could, KC struggled with that. And if you take away Tyreek's long game, I'm worried about what his overall upside is. And I'm right at consensus, Todd. He's my wide receiver 12, and he's DLF's wide receiver 12 in ADP. So I haven't taken him any. I didn't like a couple, several startups this year. I have not taken any of those startups, but I, I don't think that I'm, I'm down on him per se compared to, the, compared to the rest of Dynasty. I'm down on him compared to you. No, that's fair. That's, that's totally fair. And I, I do think Miami's going to air it out. I think it's very obvious in the way that they've built that, that, that they built the line and how they built the running back room. I mean, the number one running back they have is Chase. Chase is a receiving back. Yeah, we're looking at this is going to be a pass half offense, and I think two is going to turn some heads. And I and I think very small sample size to be that low one two at this point. So we'll see. Two years is a small sample size. Yeah, I don't really think that two has really played. Like he hasn't played two full seasons. You know what I mean? And I also think that you're talking about like him with like a poor line and like. I, I personally think that like Tua really hasn't had a like there's just been so much turmoil in that in that team. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they do this year. Well, partly I'm excited to see it as a football fan, not as a Patriots fan. I'm I'm a little worried about the Dolphins. I I just please I can't have our boy Chase Edmonds carving us up our linebackers up because you know we struggled with linebackers and then well he's going to be doing that <laughs> <laughs> and then Sony Michelle coming in. And to carry the ball down our throats is just, I just can't handle it. I just can't handle it, Todd. Imagine if Raheem Mostert held. <laughs> yeah, for the for, for right now. Let's see if he, hopefully, he can make it through camp here. Oh, but, God. Imagine if he's healthy in that team. Oh, good Lord. Uh, all right. Last wide receiver, or not last, last veteran we can talk about is a guy that we've been, I think you and I have both been pretty excited about throughout his career, and he's only 25, Todd. I think he's been, feels like he's been around forever. Juju Smith-Schuster signed to a pretty not great contract, a very incentive-laden contract out in Kansas City, one that I think you and I both wish he would have signed in 2020 offseason. Instead, he's re-signed with Pittsburgh. But Todd, where are you with Juju Smith-Schuster? And are you, are you buying in to Juju and seeing that resurgence? I'm buying all day. I freaking love it. He needed a change, and that change is one of the best QBs. We're talking about the consensus number one dynasty player maybe, what was that, three years ago, two years ago? So, clear is a legit chance to be the number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. And his ADP saying late seventh? How are you not buying that? I'm sorry, Sky Moore is not going to be the wide receiver one. Yes, Kelsey is going to be the absolute target hog. But like we were just talking about with all these other guys, there's there's plenty of freaking plenty of freaking targets to go around. So all about Juju, buying him wherever I can. Yes. Yeah, so Juju Smith Schuster, oh Todd, many. I'm telling you, I've had several dynasty teams just throw. Oh God, a championship, Todd, a championship based or at least a championship appearance was knocked out. Juju just needed to get like one reception, and I couldn't get it. It was really rough against the Walrus himself. Oh man, that was that was tough. But yeah, Juju. So someone I've been, we, we I've been in on 
And he's getting, unlike everyone we've talked about so far, Todd, he is getting a major upgrade at QB and will will have less target competition. Win-win. Now, what's funny is that I was in on him before he signed anywhere. He was kind of tanking, Todd, in in the offseason. Like, he was set, he was at last year, it'd be, he was still a top 24 wide receiver in August. And then ever since this season, he got injured. You know, he a slow start with Pittsburgh, then was injured. Steady climb from a top 24 wide receiver all the way to outside the top 45 in DLF wide receiver rankings. And now since February, and actually since March, he climbed back up in the top 30. And now he's like right around wide receiver 34 right now. And he, at least in June, in June, he was. So June, he's my wide receiver 34 right now as well. But back when he was a wide receiver 45 is a huge buy. Now that the market is caught up, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not really in on Juju anymore. I, I, I'm not opposed to taking him, but man, I really love the Juju value I was getting in the offseason. I've drafted a lot of Juju, Todd, this offseason. And, and the reason is, is he's still 25. Wide receivers who have done it before are more likely to do it again. Jacob Rupgrove, Peter Howard have talked about this extensively. And I will go to my grave thinking that people want to call Juju just an un, unexciting dot guy because, he, you know, a, a, he's just a pure PPR guy. He needed Antonio Brown to be successful. And I do not think that. I think that based on the wide receiver talent between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, the last several years in Pittsburgh, Juju had he has he has the skill to do all three of those jobs. He's that talented, but he was much better at handling the short intermediate work in that offense compared to what Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson could do. And I think that's how he was typecast. And I know wide receivers own their own A dot, blah, blah, blah. But I think this was a purely scheme thing. And under Patrick Mahomes, I think no, I don't think Juju's gonna turn into a big field stretcher by any means, but I think he's going to do a much better in the intermediate part of the field here. So I am Really like Juju. I wish he had gotten a better contract. There are there are several people who have been added. There. So there's nothing is given by any means in KC between Sky Moore being added. MVS, I think, you know, I think he's more of a deep stretcher and more of a real life guy than a fancy guy, but still be nice if he didn't have all those names there. But I, I believe in Juju and who can complain about playing with Patrick Mahomes, Todd? All right, let's play a game. Who would you rather? Okay. This is just for the 2022 not in Dynasty, just this year. Okay. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. That'll be a little bit harder, but okay. Terry McLaurin or Juju? Terry McLaurin. Okay. DK, Juju. Yeah. DK. Wow. Waddle, Juju. Waddle. Brandon Cooks, Juju. Hmm. Juju. Hollywood Brown, Juju. Hollywood Brown. Wow. Okay. Much lower on him. I actually just went. That's how. Um, that was the order for my Scottish. That's why. But, okay. Um, yeah, but um, I think the only guy from that list I would take over him is Waddle. That's it. And with that said, it would be a tough choice because I actually got Waddle and that, and Juju went two picks before. And I looked at that, and I was like, am I mad? <laughs> um, Did the guy have Patrick Mahomes? Was he stacking Juju with Patrick Mahomes, or was uh, it just a naked Juju? No, 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 because the pick was seven. There's no way Mahomes uh, seven. Yeah, no, he, it wasn't a stack. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has a chance to be the wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. And just a little while ago, he was the wide receiver one, period. Just, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm higher in Juju than you. And that's fair. And for the year, for the year, okay? And I, I can understand it's like a wait and see kind of a thing, but 
I think this is like the perfect like example of buying low into a guy. You know what I mean? Like this is the perfect like buy low opportunity for Juju. Clearly his like stock has gone up and it would have been great to buy into before he went to KC, but like then you're just on a winning a prayer before you even know what situation. But yeah, I think it's a good time to buy into Juju. But it was better, Todd, to buy into him in in February and March. Holy smokes, was he cheap? Yeah, but that's also because you didn't know where he was gonna be. You know what I mean? And like, I actually did trade for him in a couple of dynasty weeks around that time, so I was pretty freaking happy about it. Yeah, but anyways, all right, David, you ready for my take? We can get into it. We're forty five minutes deep here. I'm not sure if we have. <laughs> yeah, why don't we? Why don't we just end? Why don't we just I was end? not expecting to take. Uh, like 40, 40 minutes on this. Or yeah, like but we talked about some big time players. Talked about. Some I, I enjoy. Players. I think I'm glad we got into nitty gritty. Yeah, we definitely did. We definitely got into nitty gritty. All right, we'll probably be back next episode with one more wide receiver take, and then we're gonna get off the wall. Davey, tell them where they can find you. Well, sir, you can find me at ff underscore spaceman on Twitter and on Patreon for some spreadsheets. I'm starting to build out my weekly spreadsheet for the season. Gonna have that all ready and. Too good to go for day one of the NFL season. And Todd, you know, there's a DLF, there's a, and right here on Tail to Rivals, I'm sure there's something else I'm forgetting. Oh, I did make it, I've made a couple of of guest appearance over on Dynasty Debates with Evan Lucian, or Evan Lu, at Evan Lucian, the Dynasty Debates. I did three episodes with him last week, last week, probably releasing this week. That was a lot of fun. We talked the AFC North, and I'll be going on the Dynasty Underdog show. Yeah, it'll be Wednesday, so maybe it'll be the end of the week. So you'll be able to hear me over on the Dynasty Underdog with Uriah and Beeman and Josh Goldberg. So that'll be fun, too. What about you, sir? Where, where, where are you besides, you know, everyone's favorite special ed teacher, everyone's <laughs> number one New England dad with uh, with Jackson and Brady? And yeah, what, what's going on? Find me at FF underscore banter, man. Hit me up. I love the banter. Love to talk sports. Huge hoops guy. I just, you know. Love to chuck it up. Yeah, I uh, I will also be making a guest appearance. I'll be with uh, Dynasty Coach A uh, tomorrow night on the Monocle talking about our C2C league that we just started up. I, I have to say my campus draft was my least favorite I've ever had. So- <laughs> Heard a lot of criticisms, Todd. A lot of criticisms of your draft. Well, you know, Dave, I, I have three of my top 12 prospects over the next three drafts. Three of my top 12, I came out of that draft. And then I, I made some questionable middle round choices. But I, you know, I, I picked guys that I believed in the talent. And we'll see what happens. But then I look at some of my situations. I go, should have done this a little differently. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hey, man, Travion Henderson. I have Travion Henderson. And I had to give up a lot to trade up to get him. So it was worth it. But anyways, you can find me over there. Um, find me over in the Twitter sphere. And um. Yeah, I'll be dropping whenever I'm going to be on a guest spot. So, till next time.